Okay, good afternoon. We're very happy uh, you all tuned in uh, today. Uh, beautiful summer day, and we're happy to be able to join together to make this uh, recording and to look into this study of the seven churches in the book of Revelation that I think have tremendous uh, importance and application to our life today as believers and what Jesus is actually speaking to these churches. So I'm here today with my good friend and assistant, David Abood. Good afternoon, Hey, Jan. David. Great to be here with you today. So, um, David, you know, um, we come together. Of course, this is 89.9 FM radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. It's great that we have this open channel to look at the Word of God and to have people join with us as we look into the, into the book of Revelation. You know, mm -hmm. Uh, this is the only book in the Bible that there's blessings. Actually, it'll say in uh, chapter uh, 1, verse 3, right at the very beginning, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things that are written in it, for the time is near. But there's a blessing. We don't get that in another book, but there is a special blessing. And even though we may not totally understand parts of it or some things are very... Um, I don't want to say mysterious, but they're yeah. linked up with Old Testament kind of uh, metaphors and symbols as we go through it. Mm -hmm. But so much of it is clear, and the Holy Spirit can take that which is not clear and still impress it on us. Because we know the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for correction, instruction, and righteousness. That the man or woman of God might be thoroughly furnished uh, fully matured unto all good works. So we know that as we look at the Word mm -hmm. of God, it contains all of these elements. So today, um, I think it was a, last week or two weeks ago, we looked at the first church right. of the seven churches, which was the church at Ephesus. And to give a little background, chapter one of the book of Revelation uh, is an introduction mm -hmm. really of Jesus Christ. Right. Now, John the the apostle is getting this revelation now he we know when we study the scriptures he was what was known as the beloved apostle mm -hmm. he was part of the inner three peter james and john but john uh, tradition tells us uh he wasn't martyred like the others were martyred you could study the life of uh thomas they think was martyred in india mm -hmm. and of course uh peter uh, was martyred. Jesus even prophesied that in John chapter 21 and the others. We see James being killed, etc. But not John. And he was sent to exile to a prison island not far off the coast of modern-day Turkey. Back then it was known as Asia or Asia Minor. And it's there. He's probably, a, he's an old man now. We're not sure exactly when the book of Revelation was written, but we're presuming it's between the year 70 A.D. and 90 A.D., maybe even 95 A.D. So that place is, John, probably about 80 years old, or plus, 80 years <clears> old <throat> plus. Yeah. And God reveals, gives him this tremendous mm -hmm. revelation in chapter 1 of Jesus in his glory. Now, remember, John was very close to Jesus in his earthly ministry, even, you know, close to him, even at the Last Supper, when he leans his head against his chest, so to speak, and he's there at the cross, uh, when Jesus is crucified, because John will say, uh, son, behold your mother, mother, behold your son, when he puts John in, in responsibility for uh, the Virgin Mary. Mm -hmm. But when we move from chapter 1 to chapter 2, it's these letters yeah. that Jesus gives to John to be given to these seven churches that are in the first century in a specific place called Asia Minor, mm -hmm. again, which is the western part of modern-day Turkey, which is a very populous country today, very highly populated country today. You can actually visit these different sites. Some are more in disrepair than others, but some actually have significant monuments and, and coliseums and arenas that you can still see to this day. Yeah. So we looked at the letter to the Church of Ephesus. Now we're going to go to the, the second one, which was Smyrna. Now, Smyrna was about 40 miles north of Ephesus. Ephesus is like the key city. Yeah. And if you look at Acts chapter, I think we looked at this, but Acts chapter 18 and 19, Acts of the Apostles, it'll talk how John and um, Paul and his missionary team in yeah. particular spent a lot of time there, at least two years plus mm -hmm. in Ephesus, teaching, preaching. And out of that, they sent out perhaps church planters 
that planted the churches in these remaining six churches. That's kind of the sense of what's going on here. These churches may have started as a result of that church in Ephesus. And the way it's, these, this is like in a semicircle, these churches. You start with yeah. Ephesus, then you start going north, and then after Ephesus, Pergamos, and then you turn east, and then you start coming down, and then you end up with Laodicea. Many think this was a uh, famous uh, road system, yes. uh, Roman yeah. road system or a postal system. You know, People don't realize ancient Rome had an incredible road system, but yeah. they also had a post office. You know, they had a postal system, yeah. so it's kind of curious. <laughs> so, David, if you wanted to read chapter 2, verses 8 through 11, we'll get started and look at this particular church. Mm -hmm. Chapter 2, and like I said, we did Ephesus, and so we're just going to pick up on this one. In, uh, uh starts in chapter 2, verse 8 through 11. Okay, one second. Smyrna actually means, uh, that's where we get the word myrrh. Or, um, okay, what verse, John? Uh, verse 8 through 11. Okay, Revelation 2. To the church in Smyrna. To the angel of the church in Smyrna, write, These are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Okay, thanks, David. Yeah. So this this is the essential letter. It's not a long letter. It's uh, right. four verses, but it has a lot of content. But what we have to constantly remember, this is from Jesus himself. Yeah. The other epistles, of course, like the letter to Corinth, the mm -hmm. letter to Ephesus, the Lord, letter to um, the Galatians, Colossians, those are letters written by, under the power of the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul. Or Peter is writing for two, one and two letters, or John later. Right. But this is Jesus speaking, so that's what makes it so, I think, important in one way. And so verse 80 says, he always begins, these are letters, so they have yep. a certain outline that's rather consistent in these seven letters to these mm -hmm. seven churches. And it starts with, and to the angel of the church in Smyrna, right? Even though it's written to a specific church at a specific time, this has application to all the churches. Yeah. But 2,000 years later, these messages we're going to see have some application and implication to Christians today mm -hmm. and to churches that we belong to today. It has that yeah. timeless quality to mm -hmm. it. You know, the word of God is, is timeless yeah. in that, even though it's written to a very specific people group at this church in Smyrna. Like I said, Smyrna, we actually get the word myrrh, yes. which is a, a incense, a fragrance, and this was often used in burial. Uh, they would mm -hmm. um, pack the corpse or the body in in myrrh, and uh, it was. It, it speaks of this church here that yeah. was going through great suffering and persecution. But it is interesting. Well, now to set the scene here, um, th this these towns back then they had a lot of idolatry and temples. This particular city of Smyrna was famous for the temple of Bacchus or Bacchus was there. They also had uh, temples to emperor worship. See, they believed in mm -hmm. emperor worship. Caesar is uh, Caesar yeah. Augustus, and even if you look at ancient coins, yep. they will have. Uh, if I had a PowerPoint to show you, but they would have a picture of a particular emperor, right. and then have "Son of God" that title in there. Mm -hmm. They believed he was. Uh, they would believe he's a god, you know. And yeah. um, we see this in ancient cultures, even when they wanted people to bow down and worship Nebuchadnezzar, let's say, in Babylon, in the book of Daniel. So why this was so important to these churches to have these kind of belief systems going on is the church would not uh, worship the emperor. We're going to see right. that if you want to read that passage about Polycarp, uh, we'll come to later, yeah. who was a pastor slash bishop in Smyrna, and he will die, be mm -hmm. martyred, because he will not worship the emperor. Right. Now, often all this meant was once a year, perhaps, you had a as a citizen go through in front of the temple to the emperor, take a bit of incense, and just to, to declare a Caesar is Lord, mm -hmm. or yeah. a Domitian is Lord, yeah. or Caligula, yeah. whoever the happen be the emperor, and then you would go on. And then, but if you didn't, 
and you said, no, Jesus is Lord, you had problems. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're going to lose your job. Maybe you're going to be cast into prison. Maybe you'll be killed. Let me put it this way. In World War II, let's say uh, Adolf Hitler was going through a town in Poland with his SS troops and all, yeah. and everybody's out lining the road, and when he passes by, you have to give the sign of Heil Hitler to raise your arm, right? That's yeah. salute. Right. But if, what if you didn't do that because yeah. you didn't believe in the, in the Reich, mm -hmm. in the Nazi, fascist, blah, you would be standing out there yeah. noticeably. What would they do to you? <laughs> oh. imprison yeah. you or whatever right. or say or hey worse. you better get yeah. your hand up and say right. similar that kind of I'm using that kind of an analogy comparison right. mm -hmm. of what's going on here so what does it mean to the angel well angel means messenger now we we know in chapter 1 verse 1 it says the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place and he sent it and signified it by his angel to his servant John. Yeah. So here we see an actual angel mm -hmm. is, is kind of mm -hmm. in this process because the book of Revelation, according yeah. to chapter 1, goes like this. From God the Father um, to Jesus Christ right. to an angel mm -hmm. to John uh, to the servants. Mm -hmm. Okay, see, yeah. it's, it's kind of that transmission right. line. Okay, here... Looking at this in context, this messenger could mean a pastor. He's carrying the message to the church. We don't know how an angel, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but we think it's a, it's a pastor. He's getting the letter, he's reading it to the church. That's often what they do because perhaps 30% of the populace back then was literate, could read. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe two-thirds were not. So they would read and then they would discuss these letters or epistles. Yeah. So it says here, to the angel of the church of Smyrna, write these things. It's interesting, what was written 2,000 years ago, we're reading today. Isn't that I something? just find it yeah. curious. And it has application, I think. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. These things says the first and the last. Yeah. Now, this is important. This title, if you notice in chapter 1, Jesus uses this title of himself. Yes. In verse 11, um, this is where John hears this voice. He turns around and he hears this word saying what? In chapter eleven of, of, of chapter 1, verse 11. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Yeah. And then what you get, send to the seven churches. Well, that, that's a very important uh, title uh, going on uh, right there. Look at verse 17. Again, this is when John sees the glorified yeah. Jesus. If you have that, David, yeah, I you do. Read it. Revelation two seventeen. No, Revelation chapter one verse seventeen. Okay, I'm still on two, so go ahead. Okay, and when I saw him, that is to say, Jesus in his glorified yeah. state, I fell at his feet as if dead, and I la he laid his right hand on me, saying, "Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Yeah, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore." Now, what Jesus does in these letters after the introduction is he, he, he pulls from chapter 1 some type of attribute about himself. Mm -hmm. He'll do that in, in six of the letters. He'll do that. He'll pull some kind of title, mm -hmm. attribute, and, and insert it into this letter of who he is. But why is this first and the last so important? What does that mean, the first and the last? Well, he's, he's God. And, you know, and you know the, I think if you look at the times... Where, um, where Jesus came uh, to John through the Holy Spirit, it was really a time of great persecution for these Christians, and I think it was a long period of time since Jesus passed. Uh, and so I think that he was just conveying to them that I am Christ, uh, I am Jesus, and uh, I'm back, and I've never left you, and here's my message for you. Right, it shows us the mm -hmm. deity. Now remember, when Moses was at the burning bush, yeah. And, and God says, take off your sandals, you're on holy ground, approach me. Right. Moses says, well, who are you? What is yeah. your name? If yeah. you want me to go back into Egypt, yeah. what is your name? Because there was many gods and mm -hmm. people worship. Yeah. And remember what God said my name is? My name is I am, I am. that I am. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? It means eternality. Yes. Yeah. I am means mm -hmm. I don't have a past, I don't have a future. I am. I just, I am that I am. That's where you get this first right. and the last. And let me read in chapter 41 of Isaiah. It says this. Who has performed and done it, calling the generation from the beginning? I, the Lord, am the first 
and the last. I am he. You see that in the Old yeah. Testament? That's a title of God. Jesus is applying it to himself here. You know, a lot of people have a problem with the deity of Jesus Christ. But if you allow the scripture to explain his deity, yes. there's no problem. Right. Let me show you another one. I'm back in Isaiah yeah. uh, 44, verse 6. says this. Isaiah 44, uh, uh, verse 6. Okay. I don't know so, if you have that. Yeah, this is what the Lord says. Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty, I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. You see that? Yeah, there it is. I yeah. mean, it, you, you're not going to get it any clearer. No. So you're left with this dilemma. This is true. Mm -hmm. Jesus is indeed the first and the last. He is mm -hmm. God. Or you have to break the scripture. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You have to, it's what's called, you have to twist the scripture out of place and say that's not what he meant. Yeah. But it's very clear. One more time, I'll, we'll look at Isaiah and then we'll move on. But in Isaiah uh, chapter uh, 48, a very similar um, um, uh, thing is said, uh, let me see here, where he will say this idea, once again, I am the first and the last, um, uh, in verse 12, verse chapter 12. 48, verse 12. Um, listen to me, Jacob, Israel, whom I have called, I am he. I am the first and I am the last. See my that? own hand laid the foundations of the earth and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I summon them, they all stand up together. See well, that? He's, yeah, he's creator his, of heaven and earth. The creator. Yeah. He's both yeah. entitled first and the last, but also as creator. Right. The very things that are assigned to Jesus. And why I'm emphasizing this, Dave, is there's many people out there who don't fully understand what the scriptures say no. and who they say Jesus is. You see, he just simply cannot be... Uh, a prophet right. or a holy man. Right. You never have Moses or yes. Isaiah or mm -hmm. Zechariah making this claim about themselves. You think of a circle. It has mm -hmm. no beginning and the end. That's mm -hmm. why it's all... Yeah. Here, here's what he'll say uh, in the last chapter of the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 13. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. There he's. Uh, three of these titles yeah. that speak about the eternality. I am the Alpha and the Omega. That means the first and the last letters of the Greek alphabet. The beginning and the end. Right. The first and the last. Mm -hmm. So there's, it's, it's. What else is clear. there to talk about? What else is there to talk about? <laughs> but coming back to his letter well, to Smyrna, yes. yeah. look what he says after that. In verse, in verse 8. These things says the first and the last who was dead and came mm -hmm. to life. Yeah. So he's taken that title of God, the first and the last, but now what is he saying? He was dead, right? but he came. that shows his humanity. Yes. Yeah. When did God die? You mm -hmm. see, so it doesn't leave us any wiggle room no. to, to, to say, well, first and last, that's God. But when he adds this, I was dead, but now alive, right. that has to be Jesus. Absolutely. You see how this, yeah. how this, uh -huh. how this flows together. Mm -hmm. And again, he says the same thing in verse 18 of chapter 1. He says... Verse 18 of Revelation, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. You see, so he's, he's, he's stressing the fact that he was, he was yes. dead, but he's also stressing the fact that I'm eternal. Yes, he is the Christ bringing the message back. Yeah. So he's, yes, correct. So in his yeah. deity, he right. has no beginning, no end, mm -hmm. but in his humanity, he had a birth, yeah. he had a crucifixion, death, yeah. he had a resurrection. Mm -hmm. It's perfect. Once you allow Scripture to declare who Jesus is, it's not problematic. The problem comes yeah. in when human beings get in here and twist the Scriptures mm -hmm. and break it this for whatever yeah. motive. I'm yeah. not saying. And they either say Jesus was not God or they say he is God, but he is not man. Right. See, right. So that's where we are with that. Any thoughts there before well, we move this? You, you know, um, I, I really think, I really liked... Uh, the Smyrna uh, letter, because I think it, boy, does it apply today to the world. I mean, you take a look at, as you said, it was probably one of the most gorgeous, architectural, designed, beautiful, tropical climate. Mm -hmm. They had the exclusive rights on myrrh. Um, but, you know, Jesus tells uh, the Christians there that, you know, even though you're poor, you're rich. And you would think, why would they be poor? And it's because of their persecution for being Christian. I assume they couldn't hold jobs. I assume if they had a small business and were selling their 
their wares in the in the market space that you know the Jews weren't going to buy from them. Yeah. So in that way, they had great poverty, but they were rich because of their faith. And I think Bishop uh, Polycarp, when you take a look at him, uh, when they came for him, it was what eighty six or something, John. So Polycarp was yeah. a pastor and or bishop elder yeah. mm -hmm. in the city of Smyrna the very right. one about roughly about the year what they have 118 uh, yeah. AD yeah mm -hmm. go on so he was about 86 years old but it, it was amazing how he received the Romans that came to get him he gave them a meal and he asked if he could pray for an hour before they took him and man were they convicted but then he died um you know uh with uh, he died they tied him up to the stake uh, they put, uh, you know, th then they tried to burn him and it didn't work, so they had to end up uh, putting a sword in him and killing him that way. But his faith was incredible. He would not agree to say that Caesar Augusta mm -hmm. was his lord. And that's the whole reason. And, you know, when you take a look at that um, and you look at the town that they were in where they had such poverty, um, you know, Jesus, you know, you look at Luke 12, 14, watch out, be your, be your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. And, you know, what, when you take a look at today of what's happening, uh, you know, in the world with uh, not only the virus, but with all these riots and whatnot, we really have to be centered on our faith, John, and not get lost because everything going on right now is an irritant for our faith. Mm -hmm. You know, it's taking us off track. You know, uh, it's it's not allowing us to get back to work. And, and when we are idle, bad things happen, especially when Satan can get into our minds and start playing games with us. So, so I guess when I, I look at this story, I look at the beauty that they were in and how much poverty they had in that sense, but how rich they were. And to think how how Bishop Polycarp came to his death and was just ready to do that for Christ. Man, was I convicted about my own faith and what am I doing during the week yeah. to be anywhere close All to that guy? All of us, guy. it's a lesson. Yeah, I mean, what a what a lesson. So so, so these these churches. One last thing: these churches really are very convicting. But man, do they apply today? Oh yeah, they we're regard, see even that. though they're two thousand years old. Yeah. You know, there's an ancient uh, letter that um, about the martyrdom of this, what you just talked about, Polycarp. Yeah. And as they really, the, the, the leaders did not want to kill him. He was an old man mm -hmm. at this time. No. He was well revered. He, he was harmless in a sense, mm -hmm. but he was a believer. I mean, he was yeah. a leader. And they kept urging him yeah. down with the yeah. atheists, swear. They yes. thought Christians were atheists because they didn't believe in all the gods of mm -hmm. the Romans. Yeah. They called them yeah. atheists. Uh -huh. It says, and so the proconsul kept saying, discard that say say you're not a believer you know give give praise to caesar and here's what the famous quote that polycarp says he says um the reproach of christ i will say he says he says if you say this if you deny christ i will set you free right now here's what polycarp says famous quote 86 years i have served him polycarp declared and he has done me no wrong how can I blaspheme my right. king and my savior? Wow. And then he would be burned. And then as he was being consumed, so I think the, what it says in the letter, the account of it, mm -hmm. somebody came up and actually uh, would stab him to hasten right. death. Right, yeah, because uh, the fire couldn't kill him. Well. You know, so I, I guess when you look at this, what really matters, as Jesus said, is your faith. That's really the true wealth. And I think the pain that we're seeing now, even in the world, we have to remember the the crown of life or the you know the end goal of what we're going to get. And this is such a short period of time. And I think it's very easy to get lost in your faith right now with the way the world is. Right. And I think we always have to remember: number one, yeah. we're playing the long game. Yeah. Number two. Things are changing, but things yeah. have always changed. I mean, right. you know, we've gone through. Mm -hmm. Our parents went through a world war. You know, world war. They went through a depression. Our grandparents. My grandparent was in World War One. He went yeah. through the Spanish flu, which wrecked out millions and millions. Yeah. Point being, if you study church history, but here's the thing. Jesus Christ never changes. No. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Word of God is eternal. Mm -hmm. It says, "Forever, O Lord, Your Word is settled in the heavens." The Christian fellowship, mm -hmm. you know, which Jesus again is writing to a perhaps a small church in Smyrna, but it's very important that they get this letter from him. Yeah. That. So the importance of fellowship, which we'll talk about later. So going back to the Revelation, this letter mm -hmm. to Smyrna, 
right there in verse 8, he establishes he's eternal. Mm -hmm. Jesus is eternal, the first. But he's also, he died and he came to life. Again, that's very important because these people are dying yes. for their faith, but they're going to come to life, of course, and wake up in heaven. Now Jesus says in verse 9, I know your works. Now, here's the thing. Jesus knows our works. He knows yeah. He knows not only our works, but he knows our motivation for our works. That's why the previous church, he says, you do many things right, but you've lost your first love. So he just doesn't see our visible works. He sees the inner workings of our mm -hmm. heart, our yeah. thoughts, our yeah. meditation, our motivation. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's mm -hmm. saying to these guys, I know your works. I've been watching you. They might have thought, who cares about us? We're being persecuted. Yeah, As you exactly. say, they're yeah. probably losing their professions yeah. because we know back then they belonged to trade guilds. Like if you were mm -hmm. a stonemason or if you were a carpenter or a weaver, they had like unions and each of those guilds or unions had a deity. Had a, you had a, mm -hmm. They had festivals every year and often that was idolatry or immorality yeah. and they wouldn't yeah. belong to it. He says, I know your works, tribulation and poverty. In other words, tribulation means persecution yes. you're going through a difficult time yeah. poverty means like you say literally they might have been just getting by yeah i just been and they had a share with each other and they're just they're not wealthy in any sense like the seventh church of laodicea is extremely materially wealthy mm -hmm. although jesus says to them you say you're wealthy but i say you're poor yeah. these guys thought they were poor but jesus says you're rich do you see that yes that paradox there this tells me something very important the worst deception is self-deception. Mm -hmm. And what Jesus thinks of us might be very different than what we think of us, either on an individual level or as a church level. We might think, hey, I'm doing good, I'm great, I'm this. But in the eyes of Jesus, maybe not so. Now, we're going to see he wants to remedy that, and he tells churches how to repent and yeah. get right. He doesn't say, therefore, I'm going to cast you away. But this church must have, they were going through it. I mean, these are just a few words here, oh, but no they kidding. were going through it. Yeah. But to hear Jesus say, you're rich, that's a pretty powerful combination. Boy, you're rich. Are you kidding? Yeah. And I know, notice the word know, um, the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Now, here's where we see Jesus referencing Satan. He'll, he'll do this about four times in these seven letters. Uh, Satan, uh, he talks about the synagogue of Satan here. He talks about the throne of Satan when the next church in Pergam is. He talks about Satan casting you into prison. He thought, it, my point being that in these letters, Jesus is recognizing and alerting them to spiritual warfare. Yeah. To the, 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 That's what this we don't do about. that yeah. much today. Now, you don't want to be obsessed mm -hmm. with the enemy or what the devil mm -hmm. or demons do. But mm -hmm. nevertheless, this is our Lord himself uh, telling this church that Satan is uh, malevolent. He's doing harm to you. Don't worry. You know, I'm, I'm with you. But we must be conscious of the fact that there's spirits yes. that are malevolent yeah. and they're coming against the church mm -hmm. because if they can hit at the church, it's like knocking a lighthouse out. Well, ships are going to crash if there's no light. So too, if you don't have a strong, bright church, a light in a dark community, it's going to go bad. Yeah, and, and John, we were just talking about this before we opened up the show, about the fact that that lighthouse, the church itself, is taking a real hit because people are not allowed to congregate together, given the COVID. You know, and, and I think um, it is so important that we're together versus mm -hmm. having stuff virtually just to gain strength from each other. Yeah, right. And, right. and I think, because can you imagine the community... That church that watched their bishop do that, oh, I, I, I can't. I, I can only imagine uh, how it moved them to do great things. Yeah. And so I, I, I think it's just tough. Like even right now, we were talking about you know how we're going to proceed with our own church, and uh, it's just it's really. I, I think these times right now is where we need each other the most and have to focus on our foundational faith. That Christ is the same, and this is just a bunch of noise. Yeah, right. And so we have to see that, but the only way to see it is you really got to be in thought and prayer, and you got to stay connected to your Christian folk as well as the Bible. Yeah, if we can't come together in a big congregational yeah. sense, we're still, even with COVID-19, you could still gather together in smaller groups. Right, You know, like right. 
eight people, mm-hmm. ten people, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I'm not mm-hmm. sure the number. But the, the remembering where two or three are gathered together. I mean, now it's it's not the church proper in a sense. We're going to talk about this later. Where it has a yeah. pastor, it has authorities, but nevertheless, the early church met in homes. They met mm-hmm. in small groups. When I was in uh, 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 in Thailand as a missionary, right. I went to a conference in Bangkok, and there was people from pastors from Laos. In Cambodia, which went over to the communists after the Vietnam War, and I asked these pastors, were the communists coming in and shut down church? They said, yes, but they didn't shut us down. I said, why? Well, a lot of times they have their storefront there, like a little delicatessen or a mm-hmm. bicycle repair shop. Yeah. And behind there or upstairs is the living quarters. And the Christians would gather together there. And when the police came, mm-hmm. they just thought it was a family gathering. So they weren't coming, you know, not going to tear out the path. My point being that the same thing happened in China Mm -hmm. after the revolution with Mao Zedong. Missionaries were thrust out. Christians were killed. Nobody knew what was going to happen to that country. We couldn't Mm -hmm. get in for, what, 30 years, 40 years. But when Nixon started the ping pong diplomacy and opened up China again, remember that happened in 1971? They went in, they were amazed the number of Christians in China. Well, what happened is they went underground. They went into a small group mode, literally underground time, in the back of shops, in the back of farms, in barns, and they grew and they and they thrived. Same, you know, so we can do what we got to do. Yeah, and I guess the significance of the of Smyrna today, John, is that we know Christians are getting persecuted worldwide in obvious ways that we've seen, but also I think... Um, it really speaks to the fact that as Christians, we may suffer greatly, but the length of our, our tribulation or suffering will be short compared to the eternal life. Right. And even now, um, it's like you don't see an end in sight, right? You know, you're seeing these businesses closing down. I saw three around our neighborhood that I was shocked to see them closing down. Uh, you saw, what, 400 Dunkin' Donuts. You just start to keep seeing more and more of this stuff. And... Um, you know, that's really where you have to be united. You have to stay in your faith. You have to be around Christian folks. As you said, even if we can just get into small groups and man, you have to be in the word oh, yeah. or you will, Satan will come and have a ton of fun with you. Yeah. yeah I mean, and that's what yeah. it's all about. We can gain tremendous strength from each other, especially again, I go back to what Jesus says, where two or three are gathered together. I'm in your midst. That's, yeah. There's a powerful yes, yeah, synergy there. there yeah. You know, yeah. So, now okay. what happens? Yep. I know you... Now, he says, you're blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but they are the synagogue of Satan. So, what's going on here? Well, if, if you remember, oftentimes the ones that opposed Jesus the most were the religious leaders of his day, mm-hmm. which were Pharisees and Sadducees, mm-hmm. Jewish yeah. leaderships. Mm-hmm. Well, he'll say this in chapter 8, speaking to these leaders, you know, that were opposing him and eventually killed him, wanted to kill Jesus. He says, you are of your father, the devil. Mm. This is in John chapter 8, verse 44. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand the truth. There was no truth in him. Notice he calls them. Remember, here he's talking about the synagogue of Satan. Here he calls these leaders, uh, your father, the devil. Mm -hmm. Now in Acts, we see this similar thing happen where it says, um, Paul comes and is preaching And I'm in Acts chapter 13, verse 44. It says this, On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitude, they were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. And when Paul grew bold and said, It is necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourself unworthy, I'm going to go take it to the Gentiles. But do you notice that opposition? Mm-hmm. And this is mm-hmm. blasphemy. Mm-hmm. Jesus says you're the devil. Think of the Apostle Paul. What was he doing? Before he was the Apostle Paul, he was Saul. Was he yeah. religious? He was yes. extremely religious. Yeah. He was a rabbi. He's hunting down the church. He is there yeah. when Stephen is getting <clears throat> stoned. Yes. He says in the epistles, uh-huh. I drag men and women out of their houses, mm-hmm. breathe threats against them. See, it's almost demonic. What? It is. You know, in a sense, what is the church doing wrong? I mean, I mean, we're not offensive to anybody why why do people want to kill it but at the early stages it was uh jews killing the church you see that uh, where they throw john and uh, peter into jail in the acts of the apostles they beat peter 
later yeah. on it's the Romans. Yeah. You understand this yeah. transition. But here, what Jesus is saying here, it's still this idea of uh, they say they're Jews, but they're not. Well, people say, well, what, what, is, what, what would that mean? Mm -hmm. Well, what that means is that, and I'll show you in Romans chapter 2, um, who is a Jew? Um, verse 28, uh, Romans chapter 2, verse 28. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which was an outward in the flesh. That was the sign of the God gave to him, the circumcision of the male child. Right. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart. It is of the spirit, not of the letter. So Paul, what he was saw, he was circumcised, he kept the law, but he was not a true Jew in terms of accepting God's ah, new covenant. Okay. But if if you are circumcised in your heart, you're born again, whether you're a, you're a true Jew. Do you understand that, yeah. that principle? Yeah, I like that. So that's why Jesus says, it back to Revelation, they say they are Jews, but they are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. And what they're doing is they're persecuting these, this church in Smyrna. Right. We don't know how exactly but jesus will reference this again uh matter of fact you'll see this in uh, the letter uh to the to the uh church uh in philadelphia where he says in chapter 3 verse 9 indeed i make those of the synagogue of satan he used that same term yeah uh, who say they are jews and they're not same thing he says back here to smyrna and they lie indeed i make them come in in, in honor before your feet and to know that i have loved you so there you see this. Remember, that says in Ephesians 6, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but yes. against powers and principalities mm -hmm. and work, spiritual workers of darkness in high places. Yeah. Demonic. Yeah. You know, we have to remember that. Sometimes we get so caught up with this earth and with what's going on here mm -hmm. and strategy here. We forget there's an overarching spirits. If we could see into the spirit realm, you'd probably see demons whisking this way and that way and right. angels coming right. and assisting and yeah. all this stuff going on. Absolutely. We can't. We're living. And we can't see the virus mm -hmm. unless you had special microscopes. So too, we can't see the demonic and the angelic realm unless we have eyes of faith by the word of God. Tell That's us, right. Easy. Yeah. Okay. So then it says, uh, so he knows what you're going through. It always helps when somebody knows what you're going through. It's one thing for you go through a tragedy so somebody says, mm -hmm. I know what you're going through. But if they don't know, they haven't experienced that loss that you did. But if they did, did Jesus know about tribulation? Did Jesus know about persecution? Did Jesus know about being wrongly accused, being conspired against, spat upon, yeah. stripped, nailed to a cross? Yeah, he, he knows yeah. at a deep level, you see? <clears throat> it's, uh, when you and I first met, John, about 10 years ago, one of the key things I remember about you was you were joyous, when there was things to be joyous, joyous about in my life, and you were sympathetic when things were tough. And I think when you see the way Jesus went through this critique, he does both. Mm -hmm. You know, he gives them criticism to make them better, but he does it out of love. And, um, you know, that really comes across. And even when you think of Smyrna, when you look at, and not to jump back to that, but I think the key even to what happens today, even now with all this, all these riots and everything we've seen, you've got to remember Matthew 5:44. Jesus says, I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That is the hardest thing to do. That is the hardest thing to do, but that's really what we have to do now. We have to be called into prayer and fasting and, you know, even going through these churches now, I think it's really relevant and important that we try and extend some love to our to people that are just yeah. not in the faith, that are just going crazy, mm. uh, and Satan's having their way with them. We got to pray for them. We got to pray for our right. leaders. We got to pray for our church leaders. Yeah, I right mean, now. We're, we're at an opportune time. Yeah. Um, I my own opinion, I think people are going to be seeking ultimate issues because because so. let's face yeah. it this COVID-19 came out and all of a sudden mm -hmm. people didn't expect they're getting sick or dying and then and people are starting to think of ultimate issues about life and death they and feel helpless the brevity yeah. of life mm -hmm. so we have the answer right. even but again to your point David to cluster together to be together <clears throat> we can draw strength one from another and from the word of God and we can leave those meetings um, mm -hmm. replenished spiritually to go out to a world yeah. you know that, that yeah. desperately is seeking right so there we see this idea of verse 9. Um, Jesus knows what they're going through. They, he knows the enemy here. Then he says this, verse 10, do not fear. Of course, that's, that's, mm -hmm. 
Where did fear start? The first time we see the mention of fear is in the Garden of Eden when God comes seeking for Adam and Eve Mm -hmm. after they disobeyed and and fell away. And he says, where are you? And he says, we were afraid, you know. But when Jesus comes, Mm -hmm. you often hear him say this word, do not be afraid or do not Mm -hmm. fear, do not fear. Here, Here Jesus is telling them that they had everything to be fearful about. Loss of employment, Mm -hmm. loss Mm -hmm. of status, loss of standing in the community, imprisonment, being beaten, uh, dying Mm -hmm. like Polycarp Mm -hmm. died. You know, (laughs) to to have somebody of this magnitude, the authority that they've been worshiping Jesus, now that he's speaking to them through this letter, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. And again... This transcends time. This yes. comes to our day and, and even age. Even now, Jan. Yeah, because Churches, you, know, you know, even Polycarp said, you know, this is going to be this is going to be over so quick. Yeah. And then I have eternal life. You know, so I, I think we have to be focused. I like something you said to me a while back. You said, Dave, uh, this is just these are just potholes on the road. Mm. There is you got to you know you're just going to keep going over these potholes, and eventually it's going to be the autobahn. Mm. You're just going to have smooth sailing ahead. And I think it's important to think about it that way, especially even with the COVID, seeing businesses closing, you're not able to do the kind of socializing you're accustomed to doing. Right. We just have to recognize the storm will clear uh, and we just have to be focused on our faith. And you know, I, I've said that again several times in today's discussion, but man, is it needed. Well, Jesus really says, is. do not fear him who can kill the body, but yeah. rather fear him who can keep, kill the body and the soul. Mm-hmm. So he puts it in the framework of the temporary. Yeah. This is temporal. You know, again, you look back at the 20th century, our parents and grandparents went yeah. through a big, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> World War One, yeah. the, the Great yeah. Depression, the Dust Bowl, you know, and then World War Two came mm-hmm. along and all of this kind of stuff. And this too shall pass. But it's it is temporal. It is a temporal. You know, we don't yeah. we don't stay on this planet too no. long. No. But then to look at the things eternal, and then to use these temporal trials or situations mm-hmm. for the good that right. we can we can spread the kingdom of God. Yeah. Okay. So he says that in verse ten. Fear the thing. Now look what he says again in verse ten. Indeed, the devil. There he references yeah. Satan again. Isn't it interesting the number of times Jesus yes. represents spiritual darkness? Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. There he says, he's warning them, don't, in other words, don't be surprised when this happens, okay? Sometimes we get so comfortable in our Christianity, we think nothing bad can ever happen to us, but he's saying, he's giving them a heads up, it's going to happen, and notice he doesn't say the men are coming, the soldiers are coming to throw you into prison, he's saying who what? The devil. Devil. Notice now he's using human instruments. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. But he's see Paul was thrown into jail at Philippi. So when you look at this, man, if it's gotta force you to realize there's just a big battle between heaven and hell going on. Oh yeah. And we are just part of it. We're on stage. And and Jesus is telling them that. So you've got to you know John, we've said this before. You can't look at the Bible if you don't believe the supernatural exists. Exactly Because right. you're not going to get it. You're not going to get that he's the son of God. That's going to hold you it's up. That's right. You're just going to think he's a prophet. Exactly. And none of this works. Doesn't. You don't have the secret formula then of the key to life and how you get through all these struggles. It's all preordained. Exactly right, David. So, you know, I'm, you know when you see that, it's got to hit you. Wait a minute. Wait. Is, is he saying there's supernatural beings here on earth yeah right yeah. influences yes. right i mean classic yeah. example That's jesus i don't know if yeah. you remember it was about five years ago right when isis a militant oh yeah uh-huh. took the egyptian coptic christian coptics mm-hmm. in orange jumpsuits prison and out to that beach i believe it was in mm-hmm. morocco and and beheaded them essentially mm-hmm. but on the way there people i know that know arabic said when they saw that video it went up to a certain mm-hmm. point then they stopped the video but they were singing an arabic song about Jesus. Mm. I don't know what the, they said. It was a psalm or a hymn. I ah, don't forget. Uh-huh. But the point being, it's that modern. Yes. What happened in Smyrna here is happening today. It just happened happening here to us right now. Nevertheless, he's saying, this is what's coming. It's almost like a general telling his troops, you're going into it now and not all of you are going to come back. Right. You know, it's, but yeah. it's worth the, the yes, fight. Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. He's saying, um, 
He's going he's gonna to test you. Right. You're going to have tribulation 10 days. Now, what this means, we're not sure. It could be a literal 10 days. It could be a time period would suggest yeah. you're coming out. You're going in, but you're coming out. Yeah. We don't, yeah. We, we don't or, have time or, to go or into Or the 10 doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Just you're going to go through it for a period of it time. It could be. could yeah. be. Dude. We will, yeah. But he gives this admonition or encouragement. Mm -hmm. Be faithful. Be faithful unto death. That's your critical issue right there. That's mm -hmm. the whole... One of the major themes of Book of Revelation is staying strong, be faithful until mm -hmm. you die. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a message for all of us, whether we go through difficulties or persecution or not, be faithful until you die. Too many can start out the Christian life doing well, thinking it's a sprint, but like I said before, it's a long race. We're in it for the long game. we got to be consistently going forward. We can't drop off, and that's what Jesus says. This is his, his encouragement. Be faithful unto death. That's the uh, admonition. But then what does he say? I will give you what? Life is your victor's crown. Crown of life. Yeah. There's a reward. Yeah. There's a reward. Okay. Do this now in this 70 year, mm -hmm. 80 year, mm -hmm. I don't know, 90 yeah, years we've got. Yeah. And then here's what you got. Yeah. You get, now it says in the scripture, we'll pick up on this later when we look at how the crowns and rewards but it says we're going to rule and reign with Christ. Now, many have suggested this crown. In the, he says, if you're faithful in little here, I'll make you faithful in much there. It's something to do with our eternality yep. and our crowns mm -hmm. and what we'll be doing. I don't under, We'll yeah. look at more of this as we get down the road. But here, often at the end of the letter, he doesn't have any correction for these guys, but he does have a, an encouragement, be faithful. And then there's this promise. He'll give a promise. Right. If you do this... Here's the reward. Sometimes you have to see the reward to go through a difficult yeah. time. Otherwise, yeah. you've got a problem. Yeah. It gives you the, this thing in view. And then we start closing it up here where he says this. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, this, again, to recap, this was written to a specific church over 2,000 years ago in a place called Smyrna, which is in Turkey, present-day Turkey, mm -hmm. ancient Asia Minor. But now he's saying what? He who has an ear. He's singular, but he's saying he opens it up to everybody, to you, to me, today. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now this, I want to look at this and we'll start wrapping it up. But this idea, who has an ear. If you look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 15. I just want to show that and we'll start wrapping this program. Okay. Matthew, Matthew chapter 11, 11, verse 15. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, so 15. Whoever has ears, let him hear. To what I compare this generation, they are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. Okay, notice what he's saying there. He who has ears, let him hear. Well, yeah. every human being has ears. Right. But not everybody hears spiritual no, truth. No. You see, this no. he's repeating this very thing. Stay in Matthew and look at uh, chapter 13, verse 43. Okay, 43. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let him hear. You see what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That means to be spiritually attentive. Yes. It's just like the, the word of God today. I, I, I didn't hear, how to say it? I didn't have spiritual ears to pick up on this ah. before I became a believer. Hey. See, I didn't have spiritual hey. ears. But yeah. Jesus says, if you have spiritual ears, he that hath ears, let him hear. In other words, it's like, be attentive. Hear this. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people, their, their spiritual frequency is like an AM radio. It's on AM. But these truths are FM. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. if you got ears, let's hear you see what I'm saying? There, you know, Jen, I've, I've really tried to figure out what is the break breakthrough point where you can stop the noise around you and hear what Jesus is saying. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you have to be shocked or something has to stimulate you enough to a point where you're quiet enough to understand what he's saying. Exactly. And, and, and it could be this, this uh, pandemic that maybe will get you to that point. It could be your lost business. It could be health issues going through the COVID itself. When you take a look at all the things that could be affecting people, because the, the thing that I learned is at the end of the day when, you know, we, when we met and the markets crashed, 
I realized that was the best thing that ever happened mm, to me because right. he came calling for me. And so, but the only way I was going to hear what he had to say was when I was at, at a low point. And yeah. so, and then you, you appeared through the Holy Spirit. I ran into you and, and here we are. Um, cause who knows what, you know, where I would have gone if, uh, if I didn't have that light. That awakening. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, it's, uh, so, but, but I, I guess really then John, um, the, the, this really then invites us and actually, um, I guess really gets me to think, you know, that's the beauty of having this opportunity to be on the show with mm. you is so other people can hear exactly. what, what he's teaching us, what exactly. you're teaching me, what he's taught you, because we, we, we need to get to the masses to let him hear this message. It is so important and it is so life changing. Exactly know? right, David. Yeah. And the idea that he says, he always ends with this, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Right. So he's saying... He, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. But are we convicted? Are we encouraged? Mm -hmm. Are we illuminated? Are we mm -hmm. informed? Is there something in these letters that reaches us today right. that can transform our lives? Mm -hmm. And then he says this, he who overcomes, in other words, gets mm -hmm. through all this persecution, mm -hmm. will not be hurt by the second death. We close on this. So what's the second death? The first death is mm -hmm. when we're born into this, when we mm -hmm. come into this life and we die. That's mm -hmm. what's known as the first. Mm -hmm. The second death, death in the Bible means separation. Mm -hmm. God said to Adam and Eve, the day you partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely mm -hmm. die. Well, we know they were still living. Right. They went out of the garden. They lived to be 900 some years, but they were dead spiritually. Yes. That's why it'll say in Ephesians chapter two, verse one, we are dead in our trespasses mm -hmm. and sins. Therefore, we need a new birth. Jesus says to a very religious man, John chapter 3 mm -hmm. to Nicodemus, you must be born again. If you have the second birth, you won't experience a second death. Right. If you're born, there's an old saying, born once, mm -hmm. die twice. Mm -hmm. Born twice, die once. And what that means essentially, and we'll pick up this second death when we come to the end of the book of Revelation, yeah. whenever. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea, if, if you just come into this life and you don't come to encounter Jesus Christ, you still have a second death when you go into eternity. Now you're not just separated from your body, which is the first death, mm -hmm. but then you're separated from God, which is the yeah. second death. Do you understand that yes. second death? Wow. So yeah. he ends on that, but it is a, it is a hopeful uh, encouragement note that he doesn't want anybody to perish. He, it says clearly he wants all people. Jesus says, I did not come into the world to condemn the world. I came into the world to save the Absolutely. world. Absolutely. And it's the, the welcome mat is out every day. Every day. And, you know, every mean, day. We live in a world we do not know what's coming tomorrow. No, I, I mean, we're, we're focused look, look on this. what's going yeah. on in this nation mm -hmm. with COVID-19. There's, host, there's hostile forces around the mm -hmm. world, China, North mm -hmm. Korea, Russia. Somebody can make a mistake with nuclear weapons or right. something. But I'm, what I'm pointing is today is the day of salvation. And we close this show um, on a high note in the sense we first thank you for tuning in. Yes. This is 89.9 FM radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. We thank God for the privilege of being on every week like this. You know, yes. David, it's a real yes, blessing. it is a blessing. But to be encouraged as we go through these letters because, again, it's meant for our benefit mm -hmm. and that life is short yeah you know, last week i was at yeah. a funeral of a very young fairly young person but nevertheless i mean we hope to live a long life and that's that's our goal in a sense but more than anything it's it, the bible says it's three score and ten which is 70 years by reason of strength it's some more but eternity is long so mm -hmm. now's the time to get ready yeah. so thanks again david and we look forward to next week to yeah. go to the third church right in the book of revelation have god a great weekend everybody god bless thank you